The following is an at-will presentation. Has anyone seen that YouTube where the group is uh, cage diving with sharks in Mexico and all of a sudden a shark gets into the cage and they're like, well, where's Dave? Dave, Dave's not in there. Dave's not in there. There's no way Dave's in there because the shark just got in there. And if Dave's still in there, then Dave is dead. And then all of a sudden, the shark kind of like finagles its way out of the cage where it's not supposed to be, obviously. And Dave miraculously like comes out of the cage unscathed, unscraped. Have you not seen this? Okay, it's an amazing, it's amazing YouTube. I think it went viral and and got shared a billion times. But uh, if you haven't seen that, watch it. But that's kind of a metaphor, I feel like, for 20. 16. As we go into this inauguration craziness, uh, 2016 was like you were in a cage and then a shark, a great white shark, got into the cage where it wasn't supposed to be and it, you can't believe you got out alive. That's kind of how I felt. Anyways, not, ex- <laughs> not exactly, not exactly the best way to start this podcast, but but it is uh, a way for us to look into 2017 with hope. <laughs> Mitch is over here giving me the, what are you talking about, eyes? All right, we have a great show for you today. Uh, my friend Tim Barnes is on, who hosts a podcast called It's All True, where he does live performances uh, with amazing comedians and puts them on his podcast after he interviews them. He is a comedian himself. The first comedian we've had on this show, or at least self-proclaimed comedian, and I got to learn a lot about his craft, his business. Without further ado, my guest today, Tim Barnes, but before we get to the interview, here's a quick clip of his recent stand-up. I'm not from here. I was born in a small town in African America, and... I moved to the United States of America from African American. I was very young, and I didn't actually realize I was black until the fourth grade. I'll never forget it. I went to a pretty nice school. I remember once during recess, all the kids in the playground, they started playing this game they made up called Taxi, and no one picked me up. Uh, yeah. But I've learned in America that I should count my blessings, because no matter what, I can always hail a cop car. Usually I don't have to extend my hand to show up. (laughs) Take me places, it's a wild ride. Your hair is it? It's like kind of a part of, of it's your part of whole. My brand. It but, is. It's yeah. part of your it's brand. Like what decade is this guy from? I I think it's good. It, yeah. it, it at least uh, allows for people to have a question for you. Yeah, the hair is part of my brand. What? Has it always been? Yes, I mean the brand that I created when I was in middle school, probably because I hated going to barber shops. Why? I think it had to do with the transition between the older barbers and then it became the younger barbers and I always loved the older black barbers but the younger black barbers it was just like I feel like I wasn't cool enough you know you weren't cool enough to, to cool have enough. them cut your yeah, hair yeah it was a very specific kind of they're, they're talking about things where it's just like I'm not I'm not in this group I, like I like what the old people were talking about but I'm not trying to socialize in that way when I'm wow, getting my hair wow that's very cut. mature of you I was an oddly mature little kid What's the oldest barber you have working today, <laughs> yeah. sir? I'll have that one. <laughs> That's I trust hilarious. him to touch up my fro. When, yeah. when in actuality, I feel like most people would say the opposite. 
if I like if I went in, I'd be like, uh. I need a young guy because they're the only ones who are going to be able to get you know. Yeah, yeah. I I cannot tell you the last time I, I went to a barber shop. So where do you go now? I usually at least twice a year I visit my family in California, and my mom does hair for a living, and so oh, I'll have her do it. And so then it's built in, built in. But I need to. I feel like part of my maturity, you know, I just turned twenty eight. My birthday was yesterday, is I have to be able to man up and go into a barber shop, and have them cut my hair. Maybe we should do a podcast about it. it. <laughs> yeah, let's podcast. That. You know, your venture into yeah the new hair world. Let me ask you a question: uh, Do you tip your mom when she cuts your hair? I do, I do not. No, it's it's sort of an expected courtesy at this point. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> You're not like, all right, well, I'll do the dishes tonight or something. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's... appreciate that cut. Yeah, I appreciate it. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> What'd you do last night? Did you party? No, I'm not a big party guy. I went to I told my girlfriend the opera. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I told my girlfriend I just wanted to go see a movie, and I want to like I either want to see that what is what is that movie called? Hidden Figures movie, or I want to like go see like an art house movie or something. So what was it? And so we went to the IFC theater uh, in Greenwich Village and saw Things to. It's not called Things to Come, but some French movie that was really good. I think it's called Things to Come or something like that. And in French, it's called. I don't know. <laughs> 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 I mean, it was a very French movie, but. It was good. Subtitles. Subtitles. Okay. Yeah. The thing with subtitles for me, I think, is really just when I sit down to do that, it's really it's asking a lot of me. Yeah. Yeah. When I watch TV or when I watch a film, I that's I'm doing it mostly to like zone out and just get away from the crazy. And so when I do that and I know I'm going to be reading subtitles all the time, mm-hmm. it's like I have to do some work. Yeah. I found this weird thing where like it just becomes like Another a, a different sort of trance where it's like I rely on this text so much to figure out what's happening, right. and then sometimes you know there's always a point when I watch a movie where I start something triggers another memory, so I start thinking about that, and then I, I had this point where I had this dissonance where it was like, do I know French? Because I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm still understanding what's happening, but I'm having all these other thoughts about my own life at the same time, and I'm not really reading it for like it was like a five minute stretch. Where Did it was you like, smoke pot before? No, this movie? no, no. Okay, but. There's like a five minute stretch where I was like, I know French. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just learned French. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually had a comedian really on this show. Okay, someone who says that's my my job. That's comedian. that's what I am. Yeah, it takes a so lot. This of- is big. Okay, I'm excited for you. Comedians are can be quite disappointing in person. I, mean, I don't know if you're feeling that I'm right already, now. Yeah, 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 we're way past that, Tim. <laughs> we're way past that. Seriously, so this is this is good for me because I actually do like to know about comedians, mm-hmm. and I don't consider myself a comedian, but I do like to be funny. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the difference between telling a few jokes to your friends and they them laughing? Yeah. And 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 you saying, okay, I'm actually this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. It takes a lot of build up to that to be able to even like who wants to say I'm a comedian to a group of people. Not me. Every time that's I, why I don't say it. I know, and I'm a comedian, and I feel like I have to now say it, and I still hate it. So I don't think it's a fun mantle. I don't think it's something that you should look forward to 
right. <laughs> to saying to people because right. it comes up with a list of questions and usually and they're be kind funny. of and be funny and the be questions funny, are yeah. always kind of down talking like oh really that's always the tone that comes afterwards really you know? well, well that's the same with like an actor though that's true I'm yeah. an actor what have you been in <laughs> yeah. I'm a comedian. <laughs> Where, Where are you, you doing stand Yeah, up? and they don't care about any of the answers unless it's something that they saw on, on Louie or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, how you should answer it is, uh, I'm a comedian. Oh, really? Yeah, knock, knock. <laughs> you just go right into it. You just crush it. Yeah, why the chicken cross the road? Just go for the classics. Yeah, yeah. You know? I think uh, it took me like a couple years of doing comedy to, to get to the point where I was like, okay, I, I feel – confident in this and I think once you know that I can confidently go on a stage and tell some jokes and I'm I know that people are gonna laugh, that's when you can call yourself a comedian. Right. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. Okay, so uh so you're a big you're a big tweeter, or at least I don't I know if you call yourself a big tweeter, <laughs> but I do because I read your tweets and I'm like, oh okay, this is great. He's funny. Uh, and you have some good tweets. Thanks. What's your favorite tweet that you've written? My favorite tweet that I have written. You have to recall See, it. No? I really don't. I, oh, really? I tweet so often that it, it it has become a part of my process in writing jokes yeah. because I think part of doing stand-up is having this ability to not care. About, right, whether it goes well or yeah, not. Yeah, whether it goes well, this confidence to go on stage and, and like have this sense of like, even if you're not going to laugh at this, I'm still fine. This is something I'm working on. This is just something that I just said. It's not that I... It's this weird element of like, I know that I need your laughs, but it's not that I need them. So that's how I, I treat my Twitter. I don't t- put too much thought in it, and it's really just stream of consciousness. And then afterwards, like, I'd say once every two months, I have this period where like there's some new jokes brewing. I have this concept that I want to tackle, so I can look at these different tweets that I can that are part of this concept that I want to bring into my material, and then just build around that, like. And then I add like a narrative. Based on what? Based on 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 what's gotten a lot of attention. What's gotten Based a lot what's of retweets? attention? But then I can also look at my tweets and be like, "Oh, this is what I've been thinking about for the past two months." Wow, this is like, dark. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, man, I've been having yeah, a rough month. Yeah. And a lot of my jokes, I try to bury what actually influenced it, like the actual emotion. And I think that jokes are sort of. Jokes are like the light at the end of, end of the tunnel of a situation here, and that's why that's why I write them because I'm in this situation. But there's this light over there where I can see this element of making fun of it. That's good. Yeah. So what are you writing about right now? <laughs> well, there's definitely a lot of Trump Trump material yeah. coming up, and yeah, right now it's it's especially in my life. It's my birthday. I just turned 28. I'm in a new city. Just moved to New York from Chicago like five months ago. What's brewing in me right now is trying to figure out what it is to be an adult two more years until I'm 30. I'm afraid of that number. Uh, and You being afraid of that number makes me feel like shit. <laughs> I hope you know that. I, like, I, oh, I, man, I, 30's coming I get soon. It, I've and heard... wow, when you get to 30, <laughs> I'm, I know. thank you for that. But... Uh, but Yeah, I mean, I'm afraid of being in, in the position you're in right now with that, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. I know, I understand the reality I'm afraid of, of being like you are. <laughs> no. <laughs> Looking back on my whole yeah. life. It's just 30 has been a built-up number in my head since I was a kid. Like that's when you really I've always told myself when I turn 30, that's when I have to make a serious take a serious look at my life and figure out what's going on. You're not kidding. Is I that, think is, I, yeah, I think the same thing, but I think even more 31. <laughs> 31 <laughs> like 30 you're like, "Oh, okay, I got to figure this out. I'm going to figure it out really soon. I'm going to figure it out so soon." And then when 31 hits, you're like, 
yo, I didn't figure it out yet. I, I need to figure it out right now. <laughs> now I really got to right. figure it out. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. I try to be ahead of myself as someone who's been an old man since I was six, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, figuring out what that means. Because I'm just com- – comedy is my passion. And then it's like as someone who works in the media, I do video editing, audio stuff. It's also I'm, – I'm trying to figure out like where is the balance of all this with right. the fact that I'm a comedian. Like right. I don't – my dream isn't specifically being in an office, even if it's media-oriented stuff, unless that is like writing comedy or doing stuff that's connected to comedy. Pranks. This is Tia speaking. How may I help you? Hello. May I ask you how many items you have in your store? How many items? Yes. I have a major event coming up, and I just need to know. Okay. Um, eight burgers. Eight? Eight burgers ri- that could be... Okay, I'm writing this down. Be- eight burgers? Eight burgers that could be eight chicken sandwiches, grilled or crispy. Uh-huh. The harvest salad, we have... The salads, we have four. Okay. We have the kids' meals, we have four. Uh-huh. Um, four. Fi- sides, we have... Eight sides. Okay. Fountain drinks, we have two. Uh-huh. Two each, a large or a regular size. Grab okay. and go. I mean, we have we have bottle drinks for all variety. And um, shakes, we have eight shakes. Yeah. When is your event coming up? The event is coming up in about 30 minutes. Oh, in 30 minutes? Yeah. So what's the duplication okay. process for the burgers? Um, do you know how many burgers it's going to be? I don't know yet, but the person who's going to show up is Big Mama. Her name is Big, Big Mama. Mama. Yeah. And you'll definitely recognize her. You won't miss her. Okay. Hey, how you doing? Good, good, good. I have a New Year's resolution. It's to, uh, it's to you know, get strong and, and work out. And I guess what might be different than your other people is I'm, I'm looking to do it professionally. Okay. How are you bodybuilding? A bodybuilder. Bodybuilder, for sure. I, the, like the guys on, on, on TV. Yeah, okay, yeah, because it's two completely different bodybuilding and powerlifting. Yeah, this is this would be bodybuilding. Um, sure. You know, I was thinking, I don't know, if should I, do I get a tan first or do I do that after? <laughs> don't worry about the tan. The tan is, you, know, you only have to worry about that on, the, on competition day, the day before. Okay, so uh, if I wanted to... Have s- you been here before? No, I've never been to any gyms before, but I wanted to okay. I wanted to go start in the next hour or so and and I want to try to be professional in, somewhere in the next, you know, 4 to 6 months. Uh keep it, I got to take a look at you, but I don't know, you know, being professional means you're being sponsored. <laughs> professional bodybuilder means you're being paid. <laughs> well, would you guys be interested in sponsoring me? No. Hi, yes, I have kind of a weird question. Do you have any robes there? Robes? Yeah. Um, for men or women? Uh, it kind of doesn't matter. It's for an event I'm doing. I'm, it's kind of a, like a, like a dress-up kind of thing. Like, almost eyes, eyes wide shut level. So we might have some in sale. They're kind of small, though. Oh, that's perfect, though, because this is like a Star Wars-themed sex party. Um, and, and they're, um, it's like a sky pattern, and the other one is like a green being perfect because like I'm dressing up like Yoda you know okay so, yeah yeah okay that might work
talk about Chicago. Yeah. So you, how long were you there? I was there for four years. What do you miss about it? I didn't realize I missed it until I went back from New York like a month ago for that podcast festival. Yeah. Uh, even comedy-wise, there's a there is a camaraderie with Chicagoans that can't be t- like I don't think any other city kind of tops it. And I'm I'm from California, but I feel like because of my personal journey with comedy, I started comedy in Chicago. Like I feel very connected with it, and I feel so that's that, what like, you missed about that's it. what I miss. Like this is my the first city I feel that kind of connection with. Yeah, I mean for me, I miss Chicago because uh, there are just you know people say this and they're like oh because it's a a cleaner New York and you know it's the people are so much nicer. But like actually, both of those things are very valid and true. It is very true. Yeah, I mean people are nicer. They open they the door for you. <laughs> they like say hi, if, yeah. you know, if you don't know them. Yeah, and I think I moved to New York because it's bigger. But I do miss. I didn't realize that I missed the smallness of it. Yeah, I think uh, I'm just getting over the fact that New York does not care about you, and that's something no. that I've like. New York doesn't give a fuck. No, they never um, will. Never will. And it takes uh, every comedian I know who's moved here from Chicago told me like you're gonna go through like three months of depression. <laughs> And so it's finally, true. you're finally coming out. I'm of it, finally then. coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. And happy birthday! <laughs> thanks, thanks. You know the thing that I notice about comedians in general. I don't know about Chicago versus New York or whatever, but I notice that the the, the comedians at least that I've seen or that I've been around, they're so charismatic on stage, and they've got the jokes and the laughs and the smiles and the you know charisma. Yeah. And then they come off stage, and they are such a dick. <laughs> and they're dark. And they're mean. Yeah. They don't want to talk to anyone. They just want to like smoke their cigarette and be pissed. Do I think you... there's some. There's some like that. It, you're I'm, right. I think oh, I'm, you said I'm, there's some like that. There's some like that. I think. I think they're definitely m- not the majority of the ones that I've seen. It's not yeah. like it's not like they're like off stage going, "Hey, buddy, yeah. how are you?" Well, you don't want to do that. That's like that's like kind okay, of a big so no no so with comedy. But educate it's not, me. Yeah, it's not that they're being mean. I mean, some are just mean, but I think for the most part, you just don't like. To be a sane comedian, I feel like you have to have a healthy separation between who you are on stage as an entertainer and then just like being a human being off stage. So I, I, I think it's kind of for me when I see that it's kind of humbling, and I like I get it. And you just want when you see what when I see comedians who are who aren't like on when they're off stage. I don't even mean on. I just feel like they could get off and they're like you know outside of the comedy scene. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Ugh. That's, don't tell me good job. I yeah. don't care about you. Yeah, I'm not on My that level yet. My life is terrible. I'm, I'm trying to comprehend that level because there is a – comedy is a part of the entertainment industry. And that's something that I think when people start off with comedy, they don't really realize that connection. You, A lot of people tell themselves they're doing comedy because they just believe in the art. And then slowly you're like, the art is – like if you get really good at it and you realize maybe it wasn't – maybe I really just want to be famous. <laughs> You know what I mean, and I think that is a part of it that you have to, you have to accept and admit to yourself that I basically want to be famous, and there's a lot of passive aggression and I mean you've seen Entourage. It's not completely not true. There's a lot of ego and there's a lot of <laughs> there's just a lot of shit going on on a subconscious level that is kind of scary. Um, that's what's going on, I think, in that case where it's. Who knows what they're thinking about? Well, thanks for not being that guy. <laughs> I mean, maybe I will one day. Maybe you will. Yeah. By the time you're 30, that's definite. <laughs> Everything happens when you hit 30. That will happen. 
Okay, so tell me about some stand-up. Uh, first of all, I love stand-up. Mm-hmm. I go as much as I can. Yeah, you remember you telling me that. Um, tell me about... Uh, every comedian bombs as well, right? Yeah. So tell me about the last time you bombed. Last time I bombed? I feel like I might have bombed... Oh, don't try and... to like think about it. Like You know you when you bombed. I know I bombed. Well, I hosted a few... I've hosted a few moth storytelling shows in New York. Okay. And I feel like there's one where <laughs> I bombed. And that's like that's like where you're a host too. It's not like I'm doing pure stand up. It was just one night where like the first night I did it was at the Bell House. It was like one of the first shows I did in New York and I just like the Bell House is like the this perfect sort of room for comedy. It was packed NPR kind of crowd. I know how to mani- manip- manipulate them. I know how to I don't know how laugh. to talk, but I, I know how talk, to manipulate yeah, yeah. them, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was great. And so they asked me to do this other one and this one was at what, what was this place? Housing Works bookstore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool room, but a little different. And this was like right after I started this job at Vice, which is like I'm getting adjusted to the office life again and this sort of like hipster office life where I don't know what the fuck is going on. And so it was like a long day of that, and I went straight from there to the show. I was still like I didn't get my mind adjusted to it right. I'm trying to remember what the theme was. I think the theme was like – I think the theme was money or like work or something like that too. Okay. And I I think I was just I just had this jadedness about myself. I was and it was seeping through what I was doing on stage. Right. And like and the whole time I was like this is this isn't going well. This isn't like I think I'm buying but everyone's being nice. Like like all the moth people Courtesy are being laughs. nice. Yeah, yeah, and the moth person is like being nice but I could tell that like you're not you're not doing what we want you to do. But, and my style also is like I, my ideal night as a host of anything is more Letterman than Leno, if Got that it. makes any sense. Yeah. I lo- especially later Le- Letterman, I loved that he was bored as hell. And you could tell that he kind of hated what he was doing with his life. Hate and it. I like it when you see that. Just the I driest. Just, just the driest. Dry. Like this is the this is the part where I walk to the desk. Isn't this wonderful? Like, oh, yeah. Like make it obvious. All right, all right. What else? What else? (laughs) And I like to literally. He would just be like, "Who's next?" Exactly. Yeah. And so when I get the audience on board with that's that's what you're gonna get tonight, and you're gonna like it. It works great. This was a night where that just didn't didn't happen. They were expecting people to be charming, and yeah, and people were just like, "I think he doesn't like doing this." (laughs) (laughs) So like, is this guy the backup? So before you announced to the world that you were a officially a comedian, what were you doing? Before I announced to the world. I mean, how did yeah. you yeah, what 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 got you to the place of saying, "Okay, I'm doing comedy?" I and when I started, I enjoyed the part of it where it was like, I'm not really making an announcement. I'm just going to open mics. My parents had no idea where I was going. I was just going out, but I would go to open mics and do what comedy. What do you mean your parents had no idea? I mean, were you hiding it from them? <laughs> kind of. I mean, why? I'm afraid of their disapproval. It's not that of I'm this? hiding it. It's just why? Why put that spotlight on yourself at this time? For me, it was like. Would your this parents is, have not supported that though? They would have supported it, but I wouldn't want the support because it would, it would feel like a talent show to me at that Got point. It. For me, this is a personal journey. I want to see if I can go to. And I was going to like music open mics in California, 
or and I would just be the only comic, right. you know. But it's just for me to feel like, am I is this what I want to do? And I have this push in me to want to do it. And where did you tell them you were going? I mean, I didn't tell. I would just go. Like I, I kind of reached this place. You're like where, I think he's gay. He's going to gay bars. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate that part where you're leaving the house and you have to tell people what you're doing. Like I like to be able to just leave the house. You know. Now that you have a girlfriend, can you do that still? I mean, I don't. I don't do it. <laughs> Often, anyway, I mean, I miss. I sometimes I miss that personal thing. Where like, I'm just going out of the house. I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm just, I'm figuring out what I, <laughs> what I want to do. And it's probably just going to be me, ending up at a coffee shop, or ending movie up at theater. a gay bar, at yeah. a gay at a gay coffee shop slash movie theater. Yeah, I did end up seeing Moonlight alone. <laughs> so maybe I tried to go see. Uh, and Moonlight was great, but I wanted to go see what was that that new movie about the aliens where they're trying to figure out the language or whatever. And it was sold the out. movie I didn't see. Arrival. Arrival. Arrival that yeah. was really good. I ended up seeing that. But Arrival was sold out, and the only movie at that time was Moonlight. And you yeah. were already there. I was already You're there. It's like, I'm not going home. I'm seeing a movie. <laughs> yeah. Whether I like it or not, I'm seeing it. But you went alone. I went alone. Yeah. yeah. I like going to the movies alone. Though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. And so the bridge, I mean, I moved to Chicago my, and thinking I was a, I was a comedian, but I wasn't like, I'm a comedian. I wanted to get into improv, and my parents liked the idea that it was like school. <laughs> so I got there, realized I didn't really I'm enjoy improv. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's going to comedy school where Bill Murray went. Perfect. Yeah, it works well with the parents. Little did they know it was Bill Murray. It wasn't actually <laughs> the Bill Murray that they know. It was just other yeah. guy that was trying to do comedy. Yeah. Um, that was a terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> you got to call me on it because you're the pro. I mean, yeah. If, if you're like, hey, Will, so um, I've got, you're going to write yeah, yeah. me tomorrow and say, hey, well, I've got some notes for you. Your jokes were a little bit yeah. flat, all of them probably. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing about hanging out with comics, like after the show or whatever. It's like you try to figure out, don't try to tell jokes at first, I think. Right. Yeah. Totally. And I think it. Unless it's unless it's like from a really natural seeming place, right. I think that's like the unwritten thing about it. It's, I agree with that. It's not like when you're in a circle of comics. It's not. Yeah, it's like a fine line. It depends on the group, but for the most right. part, people will be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> what is this guy doing?" Yeah. And there's a couple comics I know who that's just the way they talk. They only talk they have in to. jokes, right. and they're, it's constant like a buildup of setup and punchline. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Yeah, like the first year in Chicago, I still was trying to figure it all out. I was doing a bunch of stuff. I was doing a little bit of improv. I was doing like, I had this web se- comedy web series I was doing with uh, my friend, comedian e- Ian Abramson. I was uh, volunteering places. I started doing stuff at WBZ. I had my fingers in all these all these different things. And I remember but all media-based. All media-based, mm-hmm. all kind of like comedic in a way too because I was doing, well, my uh, – Brian Babylon, a comic from Chicago, uh, had this radio morning radio show on Vocalo, and so I started interning for that. So every, even even that stuff was still comedy connected. Um, and I remember that first. So I moved there in February of 2012, and then that first uh, October, Halloween it had been like a year, uh, and I was kind of beating myself up for not doing as much stand up as I thought I should, or not. And so that night, Halloween, I went to the open mic at Kohl's, and I decided to put this mental shift in my head of, like, let me treat stand-up like work. 
And every time I go on stage, this is my Conan set, even if it's an open mic. And forget the social part of it and just treat everything else in my life like a hobby and treat stand-up like work. And ever since then, there was this dramatic shift. I started getting booked on a bunch of shows. Like, I felt like I was a comedian. And I think at that point, like, a couple months after that, I felt confident, like, I'm a comedian. And that's a big, that's a weird big thing. It's great. (laughs) It's like coming out. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I imagine. Right. I imagine, too. I'm just (laughs) what I know about it from what I've heard. Thank you, Tim, for being on the drop-in today. If you want to check Tim out, go to timbarnscomedy.com. He is based out of Brooklyn, and he performs all around the city. We got a new episode of the drop-in next week on Thursday, but until then, have the prank call segments been inspiring you in your week? I feel like it's been really uplifting some people and and motivating them. Uh, and, And either way, if you have a good prank call idea... Please tweet at me at Will Malnati or send an email to dropinpod at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go ahead and record a prank call. Record yourself doing a prank call. Uh, you can use Tape a Call, which is an app, you know, for old time's sake. Yeah, get into that 10 year old mentality and just buckle in and give me a great prank call. And I promise I'll play it on the show. If I think it's funny, I will put it on this show and you will be heard by millions. Thanks, guys, for listening. I always appreciate it. Rate and review on iTunes podcast app. And if you have an Android, I feel bad for you. But you can also go to SoundCloud or uh, Google Play to to listen on those weird devices that you have. Just don't use an Samsung notepad or whatever. Not the smartest man in the world. College was the best day of my life. Hell out of college. <laughs> you ever have that moment where you walk alone at night and you look up at the stars and you realize how infinite and absurd your student loan debt is? <laughs> this is how bad it is. I just found out that gentrification is not when a boy becomes a gentleman. It's something more. Really <laughs>